The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Good morning again, everybody. So today we are looking at the point of praise. Um, a God We Do It Again service theme for this season of fasting and waiting on the Lord is, is what? Turning point. And God will bring about a turning point for good in every life in the name of Jesus. And, and at every turning point, at least from a spiritual standpoint, there is the point of praise. And the point of praise will happen beginning from now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Our text is from Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16, from verse 16 to 40. Acts 16, 16 to 40. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, We met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us. I was the rest of us. So at least we know Paul was there, Silas was there, Luke was there, Luke that was writing, and some other. followers of Jesus. Shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said, to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly, it left her. Everyone that is having a demonic oppression, we speak to those demons now in the name of Jesus. We command you to come out of them in the mighty name of Jesus. And instantly, it left her. A master's hope of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities. I thought they were more than two. They were like a couple, at least five. The picture that was painted. But they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with rods. They were severely, how was it severely? They were severely beaten. And then, They were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon, clamped their feet in shocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaking to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison door wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword.
to kill himself. But Paul shouted, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. When were they baptized? After three months baptismal class, immediately. Okay, cool. That's verse 34. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. The next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell the jailer, let those men go. So the jailer told Paul, the city officials have said, you and Silas are free to leave. Go in peace. But Paul replied, they have publicly beaten us without a trial and put us in prison. And we are Roman citizens. So now they want us to live secretly? Lie, lie. You know, lie, lie means certainly not. Let them come themselves to release us. When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologized to them. Then they brought them out and begged them to leave the city. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. There they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left town. Lord bless the reading and the hearing and the understanding of his words in the name of Jesus. So we see, like it was stated in verse 22, that Paul and Silas got into trouble with people that were stronger than them. They were politically stronger than Paul and Silas. They were financially stronger. They were legally stronger. They were physically stronger. And they held them in captivity. But God set them free. So in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, everybody here facing a stronger opposition, you will prevail in the mighty name of Jesus. You will prevail over those oppositions in the mighty name of Jesus. They survived. And sometimes we look at ourselves and we are like, how can these things be? But God has sent me to tell you that he will cause there to be a turning point in your life for good in the name of Jesus. So this is a classic of, okay, you can give the Lord a big round. (laughs) So this is a classic example of a turnaround situation. Their situation turned around. And it was at the point of praise. It was at the point of praise. The word of God says that at midnight, that was what? That was when the whole thing changed. When Paul and Silas began to praise God. At midnight. And midnight, I mean, literally, means the transition between night and day. Midnight is when night gives way to day or begins to give way to day. And midnight is mostly the, if you will, the darkest part 
of, of the day. Figuratively, it's the same. What they call the midnight hour is the time where things are roughest, where things are toughest. You see, but you may be here today, things are rough and tough. God has asked me to tell you the name of Jesus. Psalm 30 verse 5b says, Weeping may endure for the night. Weeping may last through the night. But weeping will not continue to the morning. In the name of Jesus. Why? Because joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. And what gives way what gives, transforms whipping to joy at that point, rather, is the midnight hour. Now, midnight is supposed to last for one hour at least, at most, rather, normally. But, you know, we have people that have been in the midnight situation for one, one year, two years, three years, four years, and on and on. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the turning point has come. Yeah. Your midnight will give birth to your day. Yeah. And your joy will come with the day. Amen. So the night situation is a very challenging situation. Nights are tough times. Nights are tough times. In verse 22 to 24 that we read, Paul and Silas, they were whipped, they were flogged, they were thoroughly, severely beaten. They were beaten well, well. You know, not just take two strokes, they flogged them. They stripped their clothes. And apart from the pain, the pain of the, of the cane, Paul and Silas experienced the pain of accusation. They felt the pain of accusation. The pain of accusation is always unpalatable. Whether the accusation is correct in the case of Paul and Silas or incorrect in the case of Paul and Silas. They were both correctly and incorrectly accused. Accusation is an accusation. You feel the same way. And sometimes it appears that accusation is a, is a spirit. So it appears that people just accuse you wherever you go. That spirit will not find you again. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Even things that ought to be working for you appears to be accusing you. There are people, they enter their cars, their cars are accusing them. Why they start the car, the car just says, you, you, you. <laughs> Accusation. Sometimes you put on a jacket, the jacket is accusing you. There's hole in it. Hallelujah. Sometimes you want to wear a wig. And the wig is accusing you. You know, fortunately... Because it can be a spirit. When people even mean well and they tell you something, maybe their wives or their husband says, oh, this dress really makes you look beautiful and rounded. And all you hear is an accusation of being fat. Are you trying to say I'm fat? Cuckoo say it, so I know you are saying it. What is rounded? Praise the name of the Lord. The man is just trying to be nice. I hope. And typically, we, we, we hear an accusation even when people don't accuse us. People in this category, I pray for you today that God himself will set you free. In the mighty name of Jesus. Even when people accuse you, like Paul and Silas, you will rise above the accusation. In the mighty name of Jesus. And it could be the, the man sometimes, you know, men, we are very, um, 
a man behaves sometimes well when he, a responsible man behaves well when he has money to take care of his family. True or false? You know, he secu- feels secure. They feel so. Not a lot of men can handle period when they don't have a lot of money. They feel very vulnerable. They feel, you know, any small comment is an accusation. You know, you go out with your wife to have lunch or dinner, and she knows that you still have a lot of things to sort out. And she says, you know what, let me pay for the meal. Ah, is it because I don't have a job? You want to rub it to my face in public? Nobody's accusing you. Praise the name of the Lord. Nobody's accusing you. So we, we, we kind of get on the edge sometimes. And Paul and Silas were accused. They were wrongfully accused. They were rightfully accused. But they felt the pain of accusation. Apart from the pain of accusation, Paul and Silas also felt the pain of arrest. The pain of arrest is, is being confined by a stronger force. You can only be arrested by someone or something that's stronger than you. So it's by being confined by a stronger force and put in a location where you don't have the freedom to do what you want to do. So you, you um, people that feel the pain of arrest say things like, if I had my way, I would have done A. If I had my way, I would have done B. Guess what? As a child of the Most High God, you have your way. You are not under arrest, but sometimes you feel confined. You know, I've had ladies say to me many times, single ladies, that pastor, honestly, jokes apart, if I were a man, I would be married by now. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, just go and pick one girl and marry. I'm like, is that how it's done? If you pick one girl and marry, you, you, you pick race from that girl. <laughs> if you go and pick Ogbanje, you know. <laughs> oh, mommy water. Oh. There are some very crazy girls, don't you know that? They come to church, but they are crazy. Can't just pick any girl. But all the girls in God's Revitals are fine, well-behaved, anointed babes. In fact, I suggest you can close your eyes and pick anyone here. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> Don't quote me. But, no, 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 but, but seriously, the ones that are serious, you'll be fine. You know, the ones that are serious, you'll be fine. If, if you want to know, just ask me. I'll give you a cronje. I said that one. <laughs> I said that one. <laughs> you know. Where was I? <laughs> okay, they feel the pain of, they felt the pain of accusation. They felt the pain of arrest. The pain of arrest. And for everyone in this place today, God is saying to you, straightforward, God wants to turn your place of pain into a point of praise. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that will be your story. God wants to turn that place of pain into a point of praise. He wants to turn it around. That what will come out of your mouth will be praise and singing, praises and singing and dancing in verse 25 of Acts 16. Verse 25, Acts 16. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. At midnight, they were not crying. They were not complaining. They were not murmuring. They were not perplexed. What are you doing at your own midnight hour? What are you doing? They are not sitting on the floor, putting their hands on their heads and saying, we are finished. We only did good. At midnight, they were singing hymns. To God, he says. They were singing hymns to God. So I said to myself, you know, they were there, and the Bible says, and the prisoners were listening to them. I say, what were the prisoners 
thinking when Paul and Silas were singing hymns to God in their situation. These men, didn't they say they are men of God? Didn't they, didn't they say that they are serving a big God? Now look at them. They've, they've, they've rubbished them. They are on the floor in the dungeon. Probably they are, there's feces on the floor. If you know how those dungeons are, are kept at the time. You know, with us that were criminals. If they, people around them, they ask them, why are you here? Oh, I, someone can say, I killed two of my neighbors and I ate their kidney. Another person, why were you here? Oh, they, my, my boss offended me. So I just cut off his head. Those are the people they put in the dungeon. That's the, the, the innermost part of the prison. Then why are they here? They say they are here because they are serving God. What will they be thinking? How will Paul and Silas be feeling? We know how they were feeling. Grateful. Because they were singing hymns to God. Now, the, the, the Bible didn't tell us the songs they were singing. No, the Bible didn't tell us. But you see, you know, like I said, I tried to imagine myself in the situation. I was like, okay, what kind of song will they be singing? I know that they were not singing, whatever will be, will be. They were not singing that, right? Neither were they singing, nobody knows the troubles of ah, the troubles of serving Jesus. Nobody knows my sorrows. When we follow God, it's straight and narrow. Nobody knows. That was in the song. So what kind of song could it have been singing? Perhaps, perhaps, you heard Paul and Silas <laughs> say, All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate for So they couldn't have been singing. Oh, why, Toby? You know, okay, okay, okay. Maybe they were saying, Oh, do, oh, do, oh, do, oh, do, oh, do, la donna, kita, oh, do, oh, do, oh, do. Like 
situation and you are saying give thanks for the Lord is good Psalm 42 Psalm 42 verse 8 it says yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me his song shall be with me when? In the night. Charles Spurgeon says, any fool can sing in the day. Songs in the night come only from God. Only from God. They are not in the power of men. The capacity to be in a night situation. Your, your, your son is ill. You are holding him, you're looking, or you have situations that are beyond your control and you are still able to say Lord you are good and your mercies endure it forever you are still able to say that you are going to get heaven's attention it says it is not for mean men it is not for mean men, you enter into a league of the extraordinary people that get songs from God at the midnight hour. Job 35 verse 10, Job 35 10 says that yet they don't ask, where is God my creator? The one who gives songs in the night. Where is God, my creator, the one who gives songs in the night? You know, I'm sure you know the story of um, Horatio Spatio. Maybe you don't know the man's name, but I'm sure you know the story by the time I'm done. You should. You've been around for a while. He had a family, his wife, and five girls. And during the great Chicago fire, they lost their business and everything. So, he sent his family to Spain. Him, his wife, and, and, and five daughters. And while they were on, en route in the Atlantic Ocean, the boat, the vessel capsized, and everyone was lost. As in, in the family, in his family, apart from his wife. And when his wife got to the other side of Spain, he sent me a telegram that um, everyone is dead. Only I is saved. And immediately he, he got on the next available um, ship to Spain to go and, you know, console his wife. And when they got to the point where the boat had capsized, the captain got up and said to them, this is the very point where that boat sank and went down. So he was, he was sitting on the grave of his daughters, practically, because they were buried alive. And the pain, if you want to say midnight, uh, it was daytime, but it was in a midnight situation. And he sat down and he penned a song when peace like a river attended my way when sorrows like sea fill your 
for someone here, God is saying to you, it is well. And you have to leave this place knowing it is well with my soul. If a man can sit on the grave of his five daughters, fresh grave, and he's not pointing fingers at God, and he's not saying, why couldn't you do that? Why couldn't you do that? I only say, the song that has been blessing us for hundreds of years after, it is well with my soul. The truth is, it is well, actually, with your soul. Hallelujah. That's the truth. It is well. It is well. You see, how we respond, how we respond in times of pain is something we should pay close attention to. It's something we should pay close attention to. No one enjoys pain. I don't. No one particularly enjoys pain. But how you respond in the time of trouble at that midnight hour, if you will, how you respond, you should pay attention to it. Because it will determine the next course of your life. In verse 26 of Acts 16, it says, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, everyone going through a bondage situation, prison situation, suddenly there will be a violent earthquake. Amen. I mean, this is just not ordinary earthquake. Earthquake is terrifying and violent by itself. But earthquake that is now violent. Wow. Praise the Lord. That the foundation of the prisons were shaking and at once the prison doors flew open. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, at once every prison door fly open. In the name of Jesus. Because of the praise point, and everyone's chains came loose. Everyone's chains came loose. I pray today that everyone in this place, everyone in this season, God be in service season, every chain, seen and unseen, known and unknown, will come loose in the name of Jesus. So we, we see that their day was triggered by their praise. Their day was triggered by their praise. Your day will be triggered by your praise. And, and, and I'm excited because this week is our praise chain week. We have praise Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Just praising God. They knew something a lot of us should know. That when you are at the point when you need God, it is God you should go to. Many times, we are at the point where we need God most, we go to something else. We go to someone else. When you need God the most, you should go to who? To God. Is the business in trouble? Is the family in trouble? Is the health in trouble? Is your finances in trouble? Is your work with God in trouble? What and when do you need God the most? Go to God. Hebrews chapter 4 says to us from verse 12, verse 15. It says, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all the same testing we do. Yet, he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. When we need it most. So we need God. And God is God. You know, sometimes and many times when things are going well for us, we think, oh, I have a very big God. Oh, he's always by my side. When things are not going well for you, guess what? You still have a very big God. Oh. And guess where he is? 
Now, that's right. Who pastor? You know, some people, their theology is imbalanced because they, they think it's only when good things happen that is when God is happy with them. Question What was the sin of Paul and Silas? They were doing God's work, they were in God's will. They were smack in the middle of God's will. And they were flogged and they were jailed. So we need to trash that theology that because you are in line with God, things must be perfect. Or because things are not perfect, it means you are, in line, you are not in line with God. The converse is also the case, which is those that push the fact that you have to suffer for you to know God. So they say that there has to be suffering and consistent suffering. So these people tell us that you have to be suffering all your life so that you can have fellowship with Christ. <laughs> that's not true. That's not in the Bible. So that's another extreme. So, Pastor, what am I saying? What I'm saying is this. Regardless, my situation do not define God. God is God by himself. He's God all by himself. Self-existing. He doesn't need... Look, listen. Whether it's, it's good, it's God. If it's tough, praise God. If things are going rosy and well, it is well. Guess what? If things are challenging, it is, it is still well. And it's not a statement of denial. Neither is it a statement of, it's not, a Christ, it's not Christianese. It is a fact. It is still well. Because God is still God. Your situations have not dethroned him. He will remain God. Forever. Praise the name of the Lord. But what you do in that midnight hour, permit, let's use that term, that darkest part of the night, that time when everything seems to be closing in on you. What you do determines how far you go. What you do, even when things are going well, determines how far you go. So, if things are going well and you don't praise, you are not grateful, you are not humble, you are asking for trouble. Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah, that's what you ask for trouble. So things can change very quickly. And also, if things are not going well, and you grumble, nothing will change. But if things are not going well, and you defy it, and you praise God, and you throw yourself in gratitude before your maker, things are going to turn around. The change will happen. So what am I saying? The place of pain can actually be the place of power if it becomes the point of praise. That same place of pain can become the place of power if it becomes the point of praise. Psalm 84, verse 6 says, Psalm 84, verse 6, when they walk through the valley of weeping, they will become, it will become what? A place of refreshing springs. When you walk through the valley of Baca, of weeping, where everybody else is weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs for you. In the name of Jesus. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. In the name of Jesus. Now, by the time we now go to verse 27 to 28 of Acts 16. Now, listen. It says, the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword because he says, I'm finished. Let me go finish it. 
to kill himself. But Paul says, shouted, that, don't kill yourself, okay? We are here. <laughs> so the question is, even though they were free, why didn't they run? Even though they were free, why didn't they escape? Even though they were free, the chains were broken, the doors were broke open, why didn't they escape? Why, why didn't they escape? Number one, they didn't escape because their assignment was not done. They had not finished their assignment. They had not finished their assignment. Verse 30 says that the jailer came and said, then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Their assignment was not done. So Paul and Silas sat down even though they were free to go by heaven. They sat there. Many times believers use closed doors and open doors to determine what God is saying. That is elementary kindergarten stuff. You need to leave that level. They use open doors and closed doors to determine. When a door closes, they say, ah, it's not God's will. Who says how do you know God doesn't want to break it down? When the, when the door opens, they say, ah, it's God's will. There are some doors that open that you shouldn't take, at least not at that time. For a lot of people, as soon as the doors open, because the doors flung open, at least narration of first it appears, their chains are still on, they will jump out. Yeah, yeah, you know. Let me up home. When I get home, they will help me remove this uh, shaka shaka. They will remove the chains when I get home. But no, they were free. The chains were broken. The doors were open, and they sat there. Because they knew that they were there because heaven permitted it. They were there. It's not God that did it. But God has a purpose for it. Listen, what you are going through, God has a purpose for it. It's, it's a big plan. He has something in mind. We pray on Friday, Psalm 40, verse 3, that says that he has given me a new song. God will give you a new song. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. Many will see what God has done in your life and will be amazed in the name of Jesus. And guess what comes next? They will put their trust in the Lord because of what God is doing in your life. Multitudes will put their trust in the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. So Paul and Silas had enough discernment to know it's not time to run. In the case of Peter, the angel told him, Follow me. And the doors opened by, by themselves. God says, get up. Let's go. But in this case, they sat there because their assignment was not over. Many people have run away and they have abandoned their assignments because one small door opened. Praise the name of God. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just, I, I laugh because by God's grace as a pastor, you know, I kind of get the privilege of, you know, taking a bird's eye view at situations and, and saying, why is this person behaving like this? Just because of this uh, cocoa dog. Some people change their behavior. They change their attitude. People that used to greet you well now, they say, hey! You know? Ah! I'm like, what did she just say? Hey! I don't know how to do it. You know how they do it. From their nose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope you are not one of them. <laughs> I'm like, what just happened? Ah, levels has changed, though. You know? Unfortunately, we missed the point. The point is, it is for his glory. That's the point. It is for his glory. And, and that, this was the second reason. Why didn't they walk out of that place? They were free. It was dark. Why didn't they run? God must take maximum glory. That's why. 
Verse 35 to 37. Because God must take maximum glory. You know, they, they sent message to them that, okay, they can go. Says, the next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell the jailer, let those men go. So the jailer came to Paul. The city officials have said, you and Silas are free to leave. Go in peace. You can almost sense the excitement in his voice. You guys can go. Wow. They've said you can go. But Paul replied, they publicly, they are publicly beating us without trial and put us in prison. And we are Roman citizens. So now they want us to live secretly. Lie, lie. Certainly not. Let them come themselves and release us. And the Bible says they came, they apologized. And they, why? Because sometimes as Christians, you have to stand your ground and insist on honor. Some people want to trample on your head because you're a Christian. Sometimes you need to say no, 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 not this time. This, you have to do it well. If you don't do it well, you face the music. They refused to work out, even though it was open. And, and the third reason, you see, also explained the first two. And, and that is the fact that even though they were physically incarcerated, they were physically imprisoned, guess what? They were never imprisoned in their mind. These guys never saw themselves bound. So when the physical freedom came, They weren't, uh, they didn't see it as something to jump at like that because they weren't really bound in their minds. <laughs> Unfortunately, many times, you know, when, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've seen sometime, I think I was, I was coming back from um, Netherlands and at the airport I met um, um, a Nigerian that we're talking and you know <laughs> and all he was saying to me is that ah, how can you be going back that he has his way if I want to stay here you know that's that country you know in my mind I'm like I'm not bound in Nigeria I prosper anywhere I go anywhere I go to the glory of God the Father. If it's Nigeria, mm, if it's anywhere. So I don't see being in the Netherlands as ah, well, some people are just changing their destiny by immigrating. Point blank. You think your life cannot be fulfilled until these guys were not imprisoned in their mind. Many times, the mental limitation we have. I think it was um, Archbishop Bessini that says that if you're a lizard in Nigeria, you're not going to become an alligator in the U.S. All of a sudden, when you get to here, you're not going to just transform and become a crocodile. <laughs> Look, it is who you are in your mind that determines how your life actually plays out. That's what determines how your mind actually plays out. So it really doesn't matter where you are. If you are carrying God's blessings, you will prosper. The proof that you are carrying God's blessings is not the hostility of your environment or the pleasantness of your environment. The proof that you are carrying God's blessings is the capacity to prosper regardless of your environment. Ah. I, didn't, I didn't give them all this in 8 a.m. But you need to get this. You know, because if otherwise you will run, you just run like an endless chicken. Sort out what needs to be sorted out. Who are you in God? Are you in touch with your blessings? The blessings God has released into your life. When you go to a place, the place becomes blessed because you are there. 
And God blessed Potiphar's house because Joseph was present. When he went to the prison, God blessed that prison yard. In fact, the, the guy testified, the prison world, he left everything to him because Joseph was there. When he now went to the palace, God blessed the whole of Egypt because Joseph was there. He was carrying something. He was carrying it. And people are killing themselves to go to places that are cursed. And because they don't know what they are carrying, they become a, 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 a casualty. Because if you knew what you were carrying, you wouldn't be running in the first place. Ah. Can you receive it this morning? <laughs> okay, okay. I know it's some serious punching that right there, but you need to hear it. Now, there's a story of a um, legendary French artist that when he grew old, he had arthritis and he was painting, he was still painting at an old age with arthritis in his hands. Every stroke was painful and it was visibly, the guy was visibly in pain. And Someone asked him that, why? Why do you keep on producing? Why do you keep on painting beautiful things? Why do you keep on... You have done enough. You're a legend. Why do you continue? And what the man said blew me away. And he said that the pain passes but the beauty remains. The pain passes, but the beauty remains. What is the pain you are going through? Keep producing in spite of the pain. Why? Because that pain has an expiry date. And that time has come. The point of praise. And the beauty of your life will remain. Don't fold up because of pain. Don't give up. God wants to change that pain to praise. Don't give up. And for some of you, you're hearing this. You need to buy this message and keep it. For future reference. I don't want to say more than that. But you need to understand. <laughs> What I'm saying, it's so important. The pain is transient. It will never, it will not last forever. It's impossible. It cannot last forever. So, let's round up with verse 35 to 36. You know, I was showing at the ATM service that while well, I was reading, reading the scriptures in, in, my, in my library and my study, and I was, I mean, wrestling with it, and I was like, God, you know, well, why? You know, and this is it. This, the next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell them, to tell the jailer, let those men go. So the jailer told Paul, the city official have said, you and Silas are free to leave. Go in peace. So what's my struggle? My struggle is this. God, you are God. God is all-knowing. I'm sure you know that. Everybody agrees. I mean, most of us agree with that. God is all-knowing. He created the heavens and the earth. He knew that they were going to set them free the following day. Did he not know? I mean, was it a surprise to God? Oh, God said, ah, I didn't know. I didn't know they were going to free you people. Obviously, it's not. God knew. God knew. So, I said to God, so why, why all the drama, the earthquake, the chains breaking, the doors opening, these guys are going to be free legally anyway tomorrow. Why the drama? 
I mean, is it not enough to say that we praised God yesterday night? Ah, we did vigil. Vigil. Then tomorrow, the following day, they sent our release papers. Is that not a miracle? So why waste resources to shake the earth? Break doors, break chains, make everybody panic. Why, why, why? Because our God is a God of Ephesi. It's just Ephesi. It's just, it's just like, these boys are not just going to go like this. I'm going to scatter something here. You know? <laughs> because think about it. You know, I was like, think about it, God. They were going to be released tomorrow. Because the jailers were not responding to the event that happened overnight. They were not. They probably were oblivious of it. They weren't responsible. So the jailers just, it was just say, ah, we can't hold these guys. Though. We don't have any charge game. Let them go. Release them. Let them go. Miraculously, let them go. But God had to shake the earth the night before. God had to break doors. Who break doors? Think about it. Is that not a hooligan behavior? <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. He had to break chains. He had to. Why? Because you see, you see, as I said many times, when we pray, when we pray, God can delegate the answers to prayers. He can send angels, he can send ravens, he can send floods, he can send hailstones, he can he has many messengers to send. But when we praise, God attends our prayer. Praise himself. When we praise, he, you know, the Bible says, He that attends to the praise of his people, he attends to it. So when they were praising, God had to, no angel created has the capacity to receive my praise. No angel has, has the audacity. To receive our praise. The person that receives our praise is Jehovah, our Father. Is our Father. Now, when they were in that situation and the pain, the sacrifice determines the weight of the praise. Sometimes it's monetary sacrifice, sometimes it's experiential sacrifice. But the sacrifice determines the weight of the praise. And God was, I said, who are these, oh, those boys. And he came. And, and, and you know, Paul must have, you know, felt that, ah, Baba, you are here. You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God. Dependent Many mortal men You are not a God In need of Anything we can give By your friend That's just the way You are the only God You are the only God Whose power None can come the only God whose name will never end. You're the only God worthy of everything we can give. You are God. That's just the way it is. You
you'll be seated, Nathalie. And, 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 and the Lord is like, did you just say, I am God by myself? Did you just say, in good times and in bad, did you just say, I'm unstoppable? I'm going to break this door. I'm going to break this chain. I'm going to rock this foundation. He didn't have to do it. He didn't have to do it. If you, if you, if you, if you read um, um, Acts 15, you will see that Silas was a prophet. The Bible said Silas was a prophet. Silas must have gone into the spirit and come to Nigeria and say to God, Ah, to court so who is it that is charging you my children to court I'm going to tear that account did you just say I am the God that cannot be stopped the point of praise is the beginning of the turning point of your life let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads I want to pray with you. If you're like, Pastor, you said that God inhabits the praises of his people. I want to confidently say I am God's person. I am part of God's people. Can you pray with me? I want to give my life to God. I used to be with God. I want to commit my life to this God. You don't need to come forward. I'll pray with you wherever you're seated. Put up your hand now. I'll pray together. Quickly, if I put up your hand, put up your hand well. Shoot it up. God bless you. God bless you, my sister over there. God bless you, my sister over there. Another hand over there. My brother over there. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God sees that hand. God bless you. Another hand over there. God bless you. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand. I'm going to pray with you in a bit. That is me. Put up, put up your hand. Pastor, that is me. Pray with me. Pray with me. I want to surrender to this God. If you're online, the instructions are scrolling. The instructions are scrolling. The rest of us, let's say to God, Father, I commit to praise. I commit to praising you. Regardless of my situation, regardless, regardless of, of where I am, my circumstance, your praise will not depart from my mouth. I will praise you in the morning. I will praise you in the noon time. I will praise you at midnight. I will praise you, my father. I will praise you, my king. I commit, I recommit to consistent, heartfelt prayer in my life. Father, we thank you. Lord, we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you today. We ask in the name of Jesus that you Breathe upon this once, Lord. Change this life totally. Ah, oh, Father. 
do what only you can do in all our lives, Lord. We are at the point of praise. We know we can hear it, the sound of breakthroughs. We know we are at the point that things will turn around for good in our lives, concerning our destinies, concerning our health, concerning our finances, concerning our children, concerning our marriages, concerning our lives totally. In the mighty name of Jesus, honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let's pray together for the Lord for his kindness and his mercy and his compassion.